look in your Bibles to the book of Zechariah to chapter 13. The book of Zechariah chapter 13, we'll read verse 6 and verse 7. Our subject, Jesus smitten of God. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 6. And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts, Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. Lord willing, our message will come from verse 7, but we do not want to neglect verse 6 either. And one shall say unto him a prophecy of things that are yet to come. One shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hand? Then he shall answer, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. What a, a prophecy this we have many years before the actual event of the suffering of Christ. These wounds in verse 6, wounds in his hand, and we could say just wounds in his body, they were put there by men. You have two things in these two verses. The wounds in verse 6 were inflicted by men. Then in verse 7, he will be smitten of God. The dual suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those in verse 6 were put there by the enemies of God and truth. They hated Jesus Christ to the extent they mutilated his human body to such an extreme he was hardly recognized as a man and then they killed him. The hatred of unbelievers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I won't turn there, but in Isaiah 52 and verse 14, his visage or his outward appearance, his bodily form was so marred and disfigured, the scripture said, more than any man. Consider the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. That same man who was so mutilated, is even now at the right hand of God. The scripture says he is there as a lamb that had been slain. Following his resurrection, you might recall that Jesus instructed men to look at his wounds, even touch his wounds, to make sure and to verify it was the same man. In our text in Zechariah chapter 13 and 
in verse 7, we look beyond the human suffering. We look beyond the human wounds. We look not now at what men did unto him, but what God his Father actually did unto him. Let's read verse 7 again. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. There can be no reasonable doubt that these words concern the Lord Jesus Christ. For if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 26, Jesus actually applies these very words to himself. In Matthew and in chapter 26, I'll read verse 30 and verse 31. Matthew 26, beginning in verse 30. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For, remember that word can mean because, it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Again, the prophetic verse of our text in uh, Zechariah, there is a, an order, a directive containing two parts that comes from God himself. You'll notice Zechariah 13 and in verse 7, you'll notice those two things, two orders, two directives, come from God himself. Number one, he speaks to the sword. Awake, O sword. The second command is still to the sword, and it is smite the shepherd. Hold your place if you would, and look with me to Romans chapter 13. And I turn here for for this reason to point out that the sword is a symbol of judicial power. You'll remember this in Romans in chapter 13. And I'll read verse 1 through verse 4. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, the powers that be, are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. 
But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Here we find the sword is mentioned as judicial power. As God has ordained this judicial sword in regulating the affairs of men, even so the sword of divine justice was executed and implemented concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Back in Zechariah chapter 13 and in verse 7, the first order goes forth, Awake, O sword. It says, If the sword was just laying idle, even asleep, many years had come and gone, since sin entered into this world. But this sword had not been awakened as it will be concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. The sword will be awakened and Jesus Christ would be smitten. Again, year after year, sin after sin, the sword has not moved. But now, the hour had come. As with the things in the life of Jesus, it happens in the fullness of time. The order comes from God. Awake, O sword. You might remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter drew his sword. The Lord told him to put it up. But now God awakens the sword. It's time to execute justice and judgment. The first order again is to awake the, the sword. The second one is to smite the shepherd. And again, that's just something that is just really higher than my mind is able to go that God would give the directive to the sword of divine justice for his son, the shepherd, to be smitten. I want you to notice in verse 7 how, that the, the, how the shepherd is described, how God himself describes the shepherd. You'll find these words in verse 7 spoken by God. God said, He is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. That's important for us to, to notice. In order for Jesus to be our shepherd, He must first be God's shepherd. He must first be chosen, ordained of God, for this role as the shepherd. I relate this to Isaiah in chapter 42, verse 1 through verse 4. In Isaiah 42, beginning in verse 1, Behold my servant. Now there's a sense in which he is our servant. For he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. But God said, Behold my servant, 
whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flag shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he has set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Jesus, we're told, is chosen of God and precious, ordained and sent by the Father as the shepherd of his sheep. If you look back to Zechariah chapter 13 and in verse 7, there is a further description of the shepherd. You'll notice in verse 7 that God said, He is my fellow. Those words are easy just to read over. But he said, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow. Again, it's language that people do not understand if they do not understand the dual nature of Christ. He is the man, it says here, but yet this word fellow means he is my associate, God says, this is my companion. This is my equal. The word fellow means. But he says, he's a man. He's a man. And again, he's one with God. You might remember in John 10 and in verse 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. One in deity, one in glory, one in majesty, they're one in design, they're one in purpose and will. God in, in Zechariah 13 and in verse 7 says that the shepherd is my fellow. I'm going to go to the book of Proverbs just a moment. In the book of Proverbs and in chapter 8, here I'd like to read verse 23 through verse 30. Proverbs and in chapter 8, keeping in mind the wording of Zechariah 13, 7, God saith, this man is my fellow, my equal. Proverbs 8 and verse 23, it's as if Jesus is speaking here of himself. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part, of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. 
when he set a compass upon the face of the depths, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandments, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. This is the one I'm going to turn there to the book of John. This is the one in John chapter 1, and you're familiar with the wording here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in our text in Zechariah, we have him being declared the equal with God. Equal with God. Again, the dual nature in Zechariah 13 and in verse 7. The man that is my fellow. Think of the, the greatness of what is being spoken of here. The sword of divine justice is directed to smite the one who is equal with God, who is actually God. We must never be so centered upon the man Christ Jesus that we lose sight of the fact that he is the God-man, Christ Jesus. He is the God-man. Notice in Zechariah 13 and in verse 7, a further description of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, in the first part of the verse, he is referred to by God as my shepherd. Then you'll notice further in the verse, he is referred to as the shepherd. And that is important. The definite article before the word shepherd. As surely as Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, he is the shepherd and there is no other. He is the only shepherd. And he is referred to that here as the shepherd. Awake, O sword, smite the shepherd. And again, this is not a Roman sword. No sword of men could ever possibly execute the judgment and justice of God's sword of justice. No other sword can, could do this. Again, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 26 and then verse, verse 31 again. Matthew chapter 26 and in verse 31, Jesus said, For it is written, I will smite the shepherd." And the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. I will smite the shepherd. Again, our subject 
is Jesus smitten of God. You should be reminded by now of Isaiah 53. Isaiah in chapter 53, and I'll read verse 10. Isaiah 53 and in verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Jesus, smitten of God and afflicted. Again, it was prophesied, and it came about exactly as the word of God said. When Jesus Christ did bear our sins in his own body, when the one who knew no sin became sin for us, the sword of divine justice was awakened and justice was executed upon our surety and upon our substitute. I've mentioned and you know the three hours of darkness. We have no idea what went on there other than justice was satisfied. We do know that evidently the wrath of God was poured out upon him and he had to suffer for the sins of all of God's elect, pay their sin debt. This sword of divine justice was very active during the three hours of darkness. Again, we could only view what men did unto him. We cannot view what God did unto him. But we do know, and our salvation depends firmly upon this, God was satisfied. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Whatever it took to satisfy divine justice, Jesus did it in the span of three hours. God shut the world out. There was darkness upon the face of the earth. No one was allowed to look in. This was a transaction between the Father and the Son. God had been offended by sin and Jesus stood up and stood in as our substitute. Whatever the wages of sin involved for me and for you, Jesus endured that. There was no mercy for Jesus. There's mercy for each one of us. No mercy at all for Jesus. He had to endure what every one of us would have endured. The satisfaction could only be accomplished by the one described in our text in Zechariah 13 and in verse 7. My shepherd, the shepherd, the one who is my equal or my fellow. If you look back with me to Zechariah again, 
And there's so much in this prophecy. Again, it foretells what will be spoken in the future. Verse 6, one shall say unto him. Now, when this is going to occur, I don't know. When, when it did occur, I don't know. But we're told here that sometime in the future from when this was written, somebody is going to say unto him, what are these wounds in thine hand? I've heard some speculate that it was the angels of God when Jesus ascended back into heaven that would ask him this question. I don't know. But it was going to be asked, what are these wounds in thine hand? We're not only foretold the question, we're foretold the answer. Then he shall answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friend. It would take place at Golgotha. It would take place at that place called Calvary. And then in verse 7, Awake, O sword, time for action. The fullness of time would come. Over and over we're told that his hour had not yet come, but it was coming. There was a set time and a set hour for this to happen. For the sword to be awakened against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd. I'm often reminded when I read passages like this and statements like this, smite the shepherd, that God does not have emotions as you and I have. If you and I were constrained in some manner or the other to tell the sword to smite your child, there would be emotions involved. God does not have emotions as we do. God deals with justice. And he deals with justice here. And when Jesus Christ took our sins, justice demanded that he suffered. And God cannot will not, and is not going to deny himself. Smite the shepherd. Remember in Romans chapter 8, the Bible says, he spared not his own son. He spared not his own son. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. And so it was, even his disciples forsook him and fled. Then notice the latter part of this, and I won't go into all the details here because I don't know them all. But it says, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. Who are these? Who is being spoken of here? I'm convinced that these little ones 
are all of those for whom Jesus Christ died. All of those whom the Father had given him in divine election. God said he would turn his hand upon them, not in wrath, not in penal justice. Jesus took care of all that. It would be a great miscarriage of justice for God to deal with any for whom Christ died in a penal matter. He would chastise, never condemn, never pull out his wrath upon us to punish the surety and the substitutes and also punish the ones for whom he was a substitute would be a great miscarriage of justice. Keep in mind the hand here in Zechariah 13 and in verse 7. And turn with me to the book of John. In the book of John and in chapter 10. And I'm thankful that the same hand that wielded the sword of divine justice is the same hand that deals with God's elect in mercy and grace. In John chapter 10, you're familiar with these words. I began in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. The Father said, I will turn my hand upon the little ones. I don't know what all is involved in that, but I know there's grace involved. I know there is mercy involved. And I know Jesus here in John chapter 10 speaks about our security, our preservation in the hand of God the Father. I'm so thankful for the prophecy of Zechariah chapter 13. I'm going to read it again and we'll close. Verse 6, one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hand? Then he shall answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. You notice here, Everything depends upon the shepherd being smitten of God. The shepherd being smitten of God. 